Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, is our text for the day where it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Father, thank you for your presence today. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for everyone watching online today and everyone that is in this room and has come together to lift up the name of Jesus. We pray that your love would be evident throughout this message and that people would leave inspired uh, to live these bold, daring, beautiful, powerful lives that you've called us to live, full of inspiration in everything we do. And we thank you for that today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So City of Life is, these are some of our principles that um, kind of core beliefs. You can find this on some of our curriculum and our website. Uh, we are a family growing in the love of Jesus. We're a community of creativity, purpose, and passion. We're a culture of generosity toward others, and we're a city where hope lives. That's why this series is called Where Hope Lives. So today I want to focus on a community of creativity, purpose, and passion. And that scripture I use, Genesis chapter 1, it says, In the beginning God created that word bara. Uh, created the Hebrew word bara, B-A-R-A. That's not to lend, you know, when someone gives you something and asks for it back, uh, <laughs> as it is in the South where I grew up. But, but it actually means to create something, to make something out of nothing. Uh, and that is what God did. It's, it's only used with God. It's not used with people. He's the God that creates something out of absolutely nothing. So creativity is literally an attribute of God. So I want you to do something uh, that may be uncomfortable for you, but I want you to say something, and I want you to mean it today, and think about it. You, you know, I'll, you'll, you'll repeat it, and then I want you to think about it again, and you're going to say it again. But put your hand on your heart and say, God created me in his image. He is creative. Therefore, I am creative. One more time. Say, God created me in his image. He is creative. Therefore, I am creative. Does anyone believe that today? It's literally, creativity is literally an attribute of the creator. And so he is an artist who created you in his image. So there's an interesting dynamic going on here today that I want to talk about. And we'll get into it in just a second. So in some aspects, we are the instrument that the artist uses to create. And we'll see that in scripture. But in also a different aspect, we are an artist ourselves that are creating under the inspiration of the master artist. So art has a power to bring people together. It has an ability to connect people and just create something that is transcendent. I'll never forget when my wife Amy was in Bible school in the Philippines. Um, she was so far away and uh, we, we were dating at that time and I was just missing her like crazy and I went over to the Philippines to visit and we went into these villages and started doing ministry and I would get all these kids together and, and I would, you know, in, in the villages and I'd do like little magic tricks for them and stuff like that. I was just trying to find some way to connect. They didn't speak English. They spoke Tagalog. So as I'm in these villages, they're, we're having fun and they're laughing at me and they're coming up and touching my skin and, and all kinds of really, just cute, just cute uh, kid stuff. And um, 
I was trying to find something. I said, Jesus loves me. And they're just like looking at me like, we don't, dude, you know, we don't speak English. Uh, and I was like, man. So I just on a whim, on an absolute whim, there's like 50 kids. There. I wish we'd had a video camera at this time. There's like 50 kids at this one place, and they're, we're all having fun, having a good time, desperately trying to connect. I just go, you are my fire. I'm telling you, it was like a movie. Everyone went, my one desire. I'm like, and we're just sitting there singing Backstreet Boys. Ain't nothing but, I mean, it was the craziest thing. But like when we did, everyone started laughing and having the, the most fun time. And I got a translator to come over, started praying with the kids. Like I couldn't think of a song that everyone would know, but art in that particular moment if you want to call the Backstreet Boys art, art, <laughs> art is subjective. <laughs> no, really, art, something that is transcendent beyond just language, beyond culture, something that can make people, we all had an experience there watching that together. Not everyone views it the same way. Maybe some people didn't like it. Maybe some people did like it. Maybe some people love it. Some people can't stand it. But we had an experience together at the same time, and that's the power of creativity and art is when God uses you in your area and you're able to present your work in an artistic way that is reflective of the nature of God, you're putting something that is wonderful out there. Here's another story. I was with my wife in Savannah several years ago, maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago. And one night we went to a karaoke bar after dinner. And we just, to listen to people, like I rarely ever sing at a karaoke bar, even though I sing, grew up singing, uh, we just go have fun, listen. And she goes, babe, why don't you go up and sing a song? And I, I was like, well, I don't know, because we were having fun, just kind of like cracking up at people just murdering these songs. And, and uh, so anyways, I go up and just, I'm looking through the list of things, and I saw this one uh, arrangement of, of Amazing Grace, that was on there. And, it, and I was like, hmm, that, that's interesting. And I can't even remember. Maybe, I think it was like, I'm trying to even remember the idea. I wasn't even familiar with the arrangement, but I think it said someone like even Marvin Gaye or like it was a very soulful sounding arrangement. And I'd never heard it or anything. So I didn't know what key it was in or anything. I was like, I'll just try that. So anyways, I go up and they, they put this version of Amazing Grace on that's like super soulful. There's probably like 125 people in this room. So I start singing Amazing Grace. Oh, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. I mean, I'm, I'm just sort of like getting into it. Finally, at one point, I shut my eyes and started worshiping. I just forgot anyone was in the room. I started hearing, I'm not even joking, I started hearing people crying. Uh, like, like, like and, and seeing people, like, I opened my eyes, wiping tears, and it was just dead silent, dead silent after it was all over with. I go, well, if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, and I looked up at the DJ and the DJ went, and I said, if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, or maybe you have not felt that kind of grace that I was singing about right there, I said, I'm just going to ask you right now just to lift your hand, all the, like a hundred people in the room, I said, lift their hand. I said, well, right now I'm just going to pray with you guys. I said, if you just repeat this out loud after me, just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins, come into my heart. It was the most insane thing I've ever seen in my life. But it was art. It was art that connected people. It was creativity. There was a little creativity there to 
think about singing that or doing that. So let's not put God in a box of what creativity always looks like. Just because you can't draw or dance or sing or do some you know, traditionally creative, recognizably creative thing does not mean God can't use your area to change people's lives. Think about it. Jesus used parables. He used storytelling. Uh, he didn't just come in and say, I want to talk to you guys today about a big concept. Look at your neighbor and say Trinity. Uh, no, he didn't do that. Uh, he told stories about people that had vineyards and hired people at certain times of the day and paid them certain wages with dollar amounts they were familiar with. And he got people engaged in the story. Then he came around and explained that those stories reflected principles about faith. So he drew people in with creativity. And God is the ultimate artist. And here's the thing that I want to be first. Before I think about being an artist, I want to think about being the instrument in the hands of the artist. What masterpiece could God create through you if you were the proper instrument in his hands? What masterpiece in Kissimmee? What masterpiece is St. Cloud longing for? What masterpiece is Orlando in Central Florida longing for? That God, as the artist, is looking for the right tools. He's looking for the right instrument. Now, I'm a, I'm a musician, and I have lots of guitars. I find all these ways to justify buying these guitars. Uh, but in, in all honesty, I've reached the point in my career where, as a producer, different guitars give different tones and different sounds for different styles so to me, having the, the perfect instrument, the right instrument at the right moment, might be the difference in me completing the song or completing it with inspiration. So God is looking for that perfect instrument. He's looking for the perfect instrument that matches what he wants to do at the moment. Will you be that perfect instrument in the hands of the great artist? Jeremiah 18, 1 through 7 says, This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house and I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hand. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as it seemed best to him. So think about this for a second. This, this example is saying, go down to the potter's house. Look, the potter's working on something. He's crafting something. He's creating something, but it's not perfect. So what is the artist going to do with the pot? It says he makes it into another pot, shaping it as it seems best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, cannot, can I not do with you as this potter does? Like clay in the hands of the potter, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. I've got news for you. You are a work of art that God is crafting into the image that he wants you to be. You are being changed every single day. You need to remember today who you are, but you also need to remember who you're not any longer. You need to forget about who you used to be. You're, you're looking different. You've got different skill sets, different, different experiences, different uh, victories in your life. You know how to overcome and to sidestep certain obstacles. You're, you're being crafted into the perfect instrument. And by the way, not just an instrument, you are a work of art. You're not only an instrument and an artist, you're a work of art. You are a masterpiece. You know, the most telling thing about a painter's work is always their self-portrait. 
Their self-portrait is the most reflective work. It's the most personal work that they will ever do is their self-portrait, is their image of themselves. And can I tell you something today? You are the self-portrait of God. He created you in his image. So of all the amazing things that he created, when you look at the stars up in the sky and you look at the uh, you know, beautiful sunset and you look at the, how many animals there are that are so different and, and diverse and unique in their colors. And I was just thinking the other day, like a, a leopard pattern. It's just it, to imagine that God created all those beautiful, intricate things that you shine supreme above all those things. As his most wonderful and glorious work of art, you are a masterpiece today. So before we get into art in the church, uh, which I don't think, I I wrote on my Instagram last night, you're not going to ever hear a message like this. I just don't think that you're going to hear too many people talking about art in the church. So if you have heard it all the time, you're like, oh, my pastor preaches that all the time. I'm sorry, but I, I just think this is kind of a different sort of idea, and I hope we embrace this and run with it. Uh, because it's, it's pretty big. And, and a lot of people, a lot of churches don't have very much art. And to be honest with you, it, uh, Christians have really relegated art in the church mostly to just worship and the art of oration, like preaching. Like that's the only art that you really see is like music and, and preaching. And they're, they're not really into creating Uh, creating ideas for the community, creating new things that are presented to people that sort of stretch our comfort zone. And I think the most important thing is to realize that as Christians, if we're ever going to engage in art, Titus 1.15 says, to the pure, all things are pure, but to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. So as Christians, when we think about art, let me give you a perfect example, that video right there, that had some stuff in there that's a little edgy and a little different. Um, And there's some people that, you know, when we started Blink, we had tons of people that left our church in the the late 90s when we did Blink. They said, I don't want to be a part of a church that that presents, you know, Blink is PG-13. It definitely goes against the grain of what's traditional. But most creative things that make an impact make you uncomfortable when you see them. Uh, When Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount, do you think that he got a lot of amens? I doubt, I think people almost died. I think they almost fell out of their chair. Whatever stone or rock they were sitting on, they fell off of it. Uh, when he's saying, yeah, it's not about committing adultery. You're not allowed to have any lust in your heart or it's the same thing. They probably just went, boom, you know, fell over dead. Like it, it, that, that's, that, those kinds of creative things shake people up. See, but the Holy Spirit gives us freedom to enjoy a spirit life. We don't have to be legalistic about the way we live our lives. We just have to be holy. Make sure that our heart is right with God. Enjoy living with Jesus. Enjoy beauty that is all around you. Appreciate things that are all around you. Appreciate uh, the art of the Cowboys winning a playoff game today. That's, there's, there's, there's something artistic about that. I didn't pray about it, which I should have, so I'm going to mention it multiple times throughout my message. Uh, you know, Acts 17, 28 says, In him we live and move and have our being. In him we live and move and have our being. He is in everything. Can I get an amen from somebody? Somebody just get inspired today about the way we live our lives, about the things we do. Wake up and say today, what what can I create today? What 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 can I be inspired about today? 
How can I, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll buy a new little piece of art from my wall, something that inspires me. Maybe I'll buy a little bookmark from my Bible that's got something on it that inspires me. How can we live under a constant state of inspiration that God is good and he's faithful and he's worthy and, and our lives are worth living even in the middle of turmoil and disaster, even in the middle of grief and sorrow and pain and loss. We can live with a sense of inspiration when we believe that we are created in God's image. Delight yourself in the Lord, Psalm 37, 4 says. Somebody say, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Seeking joy in the Lord. You know, God is the most glorified in us when we are the most satisfied in him. Find your greatest satisfaction in Jesus. So what does all that have to do with art? Well, when we live free in God and we truly find our satisfaction in him and mostly him, our lives reflect that beauty uh, to the world around us. And we begin to express ourselves in ways that affect people and affect culture. The Bible calls us a peculiar people. I look at someone next to you and say, I thought you might be a little peculiar when I sat next to you. <laughs> First Peter 2, 9 says, but you are the ones chosen by God. I, I love this scripture. This is the peculiar people uh, scripture of the King James Version. But I like this version in the message because it really fits well with what I'm talking about today. It says, but you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work. God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Now, I've recently started painting. I've never, I'll tell you the whole story about it later, but it's, it's crazy. Uh, but it, what's wild is, is, is like music, when you're painting, if you can't find a particular brush or a palette knife or something that you're working with and it's, you forgot to wash it or it's just gone or you don't have it or it doesn't exist, whatever idea you had at that particular moment, you have to come up with a different idea to make that moment work. I'll just tell you something right now. I want to be an instrument that's ready when God wants to move. I don't want him to select somebody else to do what he wants to do through me. I want to be available and ready and clean I ain't going to use some dirty brush. I, I, why? I want the color that I picked to look the way it looks. You're going to hear a ton of art analogies coming up in the, in the future. This is a whole new thing. But the, but the truth is, uh, I want to be an instrument in the hands of the Lord. We have to analyze culture. We have to be proactive as Christians and look at what's happening around us and figure out ways to reach people with, with new ideas, inspiring ideas. We have to be smart about this. First Chronicles 12.32, you hear me talk about this a lot. This is one of the things that inspired me to write Blink. It's one of the reasons that creativity is a hallmark of our church, is this scripture. First Chronicles 12.32, And the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. It is important for us to have an understanding of the times. And it's not enough for us to go, but the Bible says we're supposed to be peculiar people. We do our own thing. Yes, we have a culture that is unique to us as Christians, but we're supposed to understand what's going on out there. 
We're supposed to have an understanding. Why? So that, so that we can transcend it with something that's more powerful, the message of hope that can only come through Jesus. So do we have an understanding of the times? Do we have an understanding of the world that is around us that, that when Time Magazine compiled a list of the 100 most significant people of the 20th century, only five of them were Christians? Why is that? Why? I think maybe it could be that some people don't understand the times. I believe there's a massive mark to be made by you in this world. But I believe that there's a way to take this message, this timeless message. If you say, well, none of that matters. Well, then why aren't we standing on a street corner right now with a megaphone? Why aren't you listening to someone on a street corner with a, with a megaphone? Because we, it's important. God has put us in this culture to make a difference for him in the culture, to the culture. That doesn't mean we have to be like the culture, but it means we can come up with ideas that reach them. When's the last time you thought about something like in 2009, Hollywood hit the $10 billion mark? For the first time in the history of movies, Hollywood made $10 billion in the box office. And did you know that that went, all, it grew every year all the way till 2019, right before the pandemic? I think it's on pace this year to be at about, last year it was in 2020, it was 2 million because theaters weren't open. It doubled. It was 4 million last year. And it's on pace to double again this year to be around 8 million. And it'll be in no time at all right back up again where it was and beyond. You say, well, what does that have to do with me? It means people are hungry. For, people are hungry for content. They want to be entertained. I was blown away by this. Streaming services are a $50 billion a year industry. 50 billion, five times bigger than Hollywood. People are constantly, I mean, think about what you're going to do when you're relaxing tonight after the Cowboys win. You're going to, you're going to, you'll probably, you'll, you'll probably click on something or go somewhere. Or you, who knows? You say, I don't watch none of that. Well, you're probably going to watch The Chosen then, or you're going to watch something that you click on. And that, why? It's a $50 billion a year industry. Children. That the, the average child, this, this is staggering, views 75,000 commercials in one year. 75,000. Are we going to stop and think about this for a minute? That somebody is creating all of this stuff? They're messages. It's messages. When are we as believers... And as Christians who have this amazing message, going to quit relying on me or other or, or aim or uh, other pastors to stand up every week and, and go, when are you going to realize this world needs you to be the instrument in the hands of the artist in every area of your life? And he says to take this message of hope and create something that is going to change culture. So just quickly... And I mean, I don't know how many people are going to love this stuff, but I'm just going to say it because I, I wrote it. Uh, there's three different views regarding the nature of art. And this is kind of, I hope this is not too meta, but some people say it is what it is. You can't analyze it. Some people say art simply is the embodiment of a message. And then three people say that the body of an artist's work represents his worldview. And here's some other ideas, and you can watch this back if you want to dig deeper into these points, but i got to get through most of these in the next six minutes. Here are ways that we should judge art as Christians. We should judge it on its technical excellence. The church has been way behind in this area in the past. 
Uh, not in the Bible. In the Bible, Christians were innovators. And even throughout, you know, the Renaissance and things like that, you saw, you know, churches had some of the most beautiful art in the world. Uh, but so we have, to, we have to be honest about the technical excellence of something. Just because we don't agree with the content of it, first of all, it doesn't mean we have to watch it. If you don't like the content of something and the something is not right for you content-wise, never watch it. Never consume it. Never look at it. That's really important. But we can't just say that the technicality of something is not good simply because we don't agree with it. So this, this is a, a point that a lot of Christians just say, oh, that's garbage, that's trash. Well, the content of it may not be uh, synonymous with what the message of, of Jesus or the hope of Jesus, but we have to at least have, come to a point where we go, okay, the technicality of this is good, but I don't like the messaging. So number two, the validity of art. You have to judge the validity of art on whether the artist is honest to himself and his worldview or her worldview. So that's another important thing. Even though we don't agree with some of these things, we have to understand where these people are coming from. We have to understand what they're talking about. And I think empathy is a way of, of kind of relating with people's emotions. I think this is almost like an artistic empathy where you're kind of saying, okay, well, what, what is their worldview? What is their culture? Where are they coming from? What are they trying to express? Before you just write it off and say, that's trash, the validity. I think the intellectual content, this is where... As Christians, we are supposed to judge. This is the worldview. And you, you can simply go, that is not a Christian message at all. That's not a Christian message. And I believe that sometimes that should probably be the first one as a Christian. The first filter that you, you do is, is to say, is it Christian worldview? If it's not, some people may say, well, then I don't even want to appreciate it. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to take the time. It could be tempting to me. It could be misleading for me. So if you're in that place, then I, I wouldn't even view something that doesn't fit with that worldview. But if you're able to process that, that's a different conversation. Uh, number four, the integration of the content and the vehicle. So I, I would say that this would be how well did the artist communicate the message? Uh, did they use the medium appropriately? If it's a song, did they use the music? Was that the right medium to convey the message? I think we have to be honest about things like that. So I, I'm giving you this information because maybe some of you as artists want to develop your ideas in, in a way that God can be glorified. And I, I've got news for you too. Uh, if, you are, uh, if you draw and you're a Christian, it doesn't mean you have to draw crosses all the time. Amen? One of my good friends here builds furniture. Uh, and he's fantastic. His company is amazing. It's blowing up. You don't have to quit building furniture and start building crosses all the time. Or, you know, or, or, or desks shaped like crosses. You don't have to do that. Uh, just because you're a Christian, you don't have to change everything you do, that everything you do. Our life is a reflection of Christ. Our, life, our work is a reflection of Christ. So I think it's really important to uh, bring inspiration back into the, the big C church. It, it's here at City of Life, but I want to cultivate it more. I want to invite people uh, to show art, to connect artists, and, and, to, and also to get creative in your business. Get creative with ideas on how you can take your messaging to people and how you can lift up the name of Jesus through that business. You, use your business in, in an artistic way, an inspirational kind of way. Use your job in an inspiration, or do your job so well that people view it as art something inspirational, something that you're creating 
for God. You know, Exodus 25 shows us that God commanded beautiful architecture along with metalwork, clothing design, tapestries in the building of the tabernacle and the, temp- and the temple. Uh, poetry is all throughout Scripture. Some of the poetry in the Bible is just simply love stuff. It's just a, a man talking about a woman, how beautiful she is. A woman talking about a man, how handsome he is. And, and it's, it's like you go, well, where's God in that? Read, read Song of Solomon. If you don't think that the Bible is down with poetry and just appreciating the beauty of life, and you're searching for you know, the message of Jesus in every single line of that, you've got to back up a little bit from some of that stuff to understand how it fits. But I, I think that the story is basically that God loves beauty, and, and he wants us to be, live inspired lives. Uh, Job contains poetry, Psalms, Proverbs. Since God inspired the very words of Scripture, it logically follows that he inspired the poetic language that was used. Music and dance are often found in the Bible. In Exodus 15, the children of Israel celebrated God's Red Sea victory over the Egyptians with singing, dancing. No, I'm kidding. Uh, They didn't do that. They didn't do TikTok dances, I'm sure. In 1 Chronicles 23 and 5, we find musicians in the temple, instruments made by King David for praising God. God digs creative expression, especially when it's done with excellence. Exodus 35.10 says, All who are skilled among you are to come and make everything the Lord has commanded. (laughs) So bring your talent. Bring your ability. Come to us at the church. Let's talk. Go through growth trap. Submit your skill set. And I I believe that if we, when when the sons of Issachar, they understood the zeitgeist, which is the kind of the spirit of the time. There's a culture has a zeitgeist. And that's that German word that means it's the the spirit of the age. And I don't like the spirit of this age. Uh, I don't like it without Jesus in it. We need Jesus in this culture. We need to bring something new, something fresh into this generation. So we are instruments in the artist's hands, but we're also artists inspired by the creator to create beautiful things for him today. That's the message, and I hope that you get encouraged today. I hope you didn't feel like, uh, I, I, you say, well, what does this have to do with me? It's just, I think part of it, what it has to do with is that we live these lives with these storylines that are broken and, and roads that ended and didn't go where we thought they were gonna go. And sometimes we come to these junctures where we're like, what does all that mean? It means that when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life, Jesus is the way. Whatever broken road in your life has stopped at a dead end, he is the way from there to something beautiful. And I think today, no matter who you are or where you come from, what your background is, I believe God wants to use your life through the name of Jesus to do something great for his kingdom. So I wanna invite you, if you're watching online in this room, to bow your heads and close your eyes today. This day of where hope lives, we're talking about the art. My church is creative. I just pray the Holy Spirit inspires you today to know Jesus if you don't know Him. If you're here in this room, you don't know Jesus, or you're watching online, I'm going to count to three. And when I do, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand all over the room and just acknowledge that you need Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. One, the Bible says now is the time of salvation. Two, I believe every person in this room is drawn here by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
this very moment. Three, hands up all over the room if that's you. Hands going up, multiple multiple sections. Amen. Lord, seize your hand. Lord, seize your hand. Seize your hand. Seize your hand. Thank you, people watching online. Just type in that chat. Type, I'm lifting my hand or I need Jesus. I ask you to pray this prayer right now in faith from your soul, from your spirit. Say, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to forgive me of my sins. I'm turning away from the old life, walking into a brand new life with you. I'll never be the same. You died for me so I could have a brand new life. Help me to live inspired, to be the instrument in the hands of the artist, to be the artist that you have called me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God a great praise today. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.